When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPN2, all of our great ESPN stations across the country. ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Oh yeah, we will dive into that. Atlanta and New Orleans and what happened yesterday between those two. The NFL regular season is over. The playoffs are set. We already have a coaching move. Good morning, Michelle Smallman. Happy New Year, Chris Canty. Evan Cohen with you. <laughs> it's the second full week of the new year, and this is what he's going he's gonna to do to start uh, I think you better settle in oh, because this is coming. Smalls' time tomorrow. This, this is, we're going to stay with this? I think oh, so. Oh, theme for 2024? I think it is. Oh, my gosh. In July, we're going to be sitting here. You're, bad, you're such a bad guy. Why are you looking you're at me? You're such a bad guy. Matter of fact, Smalls, I don't know if he's a bad guy or a bad teammate. I'm still trying to decide between the two. Like him continuing to keep this a thing, keep this alive with the happy new year bit. Boy, you slide I, on I, everything. I don't I don't, I don't know if he's a bad guy or a bad teammate. So am I a bad girl and a bad teammate if I too perpetuate this? Well, you're co-signing it, but you're not the one that's initiating it. And <laughs> uh, so I will give back, you a CC pass. The last you're, week. La- you're laughing at my pain, but he's the one that's kind of driving the train on this thing. I it's quite beautiful every day to say we're starting a new happy new year 2024 still feels very fresh at some point it's not new though right at some point the luster kind of wears off the shine goes away no December 31st yeah. okay all right wow okay <laughs> long way to go then mm. mm-hmm. just saying long way just to saying. go kind of like right. the atlanta falcons so uh week 18 in the books we have the playoff matchup set we have buffalo pittsburgh we have the tyreek hill bowl of kansas city and miami we yep. have the deshaun watson bowl houston and cleveland uh, we have the Mike McCarthy Bowl, Dallas and Green Bay, the Stafford Goff Bowl with Detroit and L.A., and we got the Oklahoma Quarterback Bowl with Mayfield and Hurts with Tampa and Philly. But we also have a controversial moment yesterday to end Atlanta and New Orleans where Arthur Smith's lasting moment with the Atlanta Falcons is going to be the back and forth with Dennis Allen because per Adam Schefter overnight, Arthur Smith has been the first coach fired since the season has ended. Let's start there before we get into the controversial part. Do we think that this is the right move by Atlanta? Yeah, it was the right move. I mean, there were no signs of progress. He was 7-10 and 10 all three years he's been the head coach down there. At some point, you have to take a step in a positive direction. And I guess the organization was taking a wait-and-see approach based on what happened yesterday. There was still some convoluted, ambiguous way that the Falcons could get into the postseason. I think if they had beat the New Orleans Saints – and then you had a couple of key losses in the NFC. They would have found their way into the into the Carolina uh, beats Tampa. Then yeah, Carolina beats Tampa. Then that ends up happening. So I mean, it's just I, I just it, it was it was time. They need a new voice down there. There were too many weapons on the offensive side of the ball for them to look as bad as they did. Not just yesterday, but the entirety of the season. Whether it was Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, didn't make much of a difference. It was subpar quarterback play. And when you think about the players that they have for their quarterback to be successful. B. John Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. just to name a few, an offensive line that's really, really solid. 
There's no way that they should be that bad. No, three years is a good sample size. 21 and 30 in his three seasons with the team. And you just mentioned it, CeCe, all the offensive weapons. He's an offensive-minded coach. He was brought in to transform that offense. And after three seasons, you never really saw it take that next step. You never really saw it be the explosive offense that you expected with the weapons that he had, even despite the quarterback play. And it just kind of felt like all season long we were waiting for this, that maybe the messaging was stale and they needed to go in a different direction. So I'm not surprised with this move. The lasting memory, though, is going to be what happened late in this game yesterday between New Orleans and Atlanta. So Atlanta throws an interception. They're up. uh, New Orleans up 41-17. It's first and goal at the one-yard line with like seconds to go in the game. They think they're taking a knee. And all of a sudden, Jameis Winston, who's in the game for Derek Carr, who actually played yet well yesterday, nice of him to play well when the season's <laughs> over, basically, um, hands the ball off to Jamal Williams. And so afterwards, Arthur Smith comes running out when the handshake, and he's screaming at Dennis Allen, what are you doing in that spot? But there's a lot to this. So let's listen to the sound on this. This is first Arthur Smith, prior to getting fired, what he had to say about that last Saints touchdown. Look, they can do whatever they want. There's no rules against it. Like I said, we, we didn't stop them in the second half. They can do whatever they want. It is what it is. Like I said, we hats off to them. You know, they kicked our, you know what, in the second half. They made us pay and took advantage of the turnovers. That's their prerogative. It's also my prerogative to tell them how I feel. Whether people like that or not, oh well. But like I said, credit to them. I mean, they do whatever they want there. What did you tell them? I don't remember. Okay, so that's Arthur Smith. Then, <laughs> then after Rage that, blackout. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Dennis Allen, head coach of the Saints, gave his defense of what happened yesterday. We should have taken a knee right there. They asked me about getting Jamal a touchdown at the end. I said I wanted to take a knee. We put victory out there, and the guys kind of wanted to get him a touchdown, and they, they did that on their own. That's not that's unacceptable. Arthur seemed pretty upset after He should be. Is that what he should be. He should be. The evolution of this is fascinating. People see the reaction. They're all over Arthur Smith. Then they're hearing this explanation and be like, wait, Dennis Allen didn't actually call that. The players did? Here's Jameis Winston, who somehow now is the play caller in New Orleans postgame as well, explaining this. Well, I apologize to D.A. because the play was was victory. Uh, But I also explained to D.A. that it was a team decision. And I think when you have the team morale, and I ask the guys, I say, guys, like, what do you want to do? We know how much Jamal means to this team. And and I understood from D.A.'s perspective. I give him that. But D.A. didn't condone that at all. You know, he didn't. However, we decided as a team to do it. And and you have that opportunity. We just had that opportunity, and, and we decided. Okay, CC, you played 11 years in the NFL. You played for a lot of great coaches. Yeah. What, ha- what would happen if for Parcells or Coughlin or Harbaugh, who you played for, you overruled the play call in that spot? Well, it's happened before. Let me, let me, not, let me not try to, uh, to, to paint this picture where it's a perfect chain of command in the National Football League because that's not how it works, and there's a, something that's called a battlefield commander. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to uh, you know, correlate you know, what we do on the field right. to the military, but that, that's what we call them, right? Right? You want a battlefield commander. You want a general at your quarterback spot and at your middle linebacker spot. And so sometimes the person that's on the field will overrule what's coming off on the sideline, and in this instance, it's clear that that happened. And I just I can't believe we're living in a world today where after Arthur Smith – gets fired up and, and has some expletives for Dennis Allen, the head coach of the Saints, after they get blasted 48-17, that Dennis Allen is the one that comes off looking worse in this scenario. Because it's clear and obvious by what he said at the post-game press conference that his players don't respect his authority. Yep. And that's the part of the game where it's just like, well, wait a minute. 
are we sure that Dennis Allen should be the head coach of the Saints moving forward? We know that Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, made the decision to fire Arthur Smith. That was clear and obvious. That was the decision that had to be made. But are we sure that that's not the decision that needs to be made in New Orleans after you hear that soundbite and Jameis Winston's response? Not just Jameis, but everybody in the huddle and everybody on the team wanted Jamal Williams to get that touchdown. And they usurped the authority of the head coach. If, if the head coach doesn't have institutional control, then what are we even talking about? And I guess this is the message to Dennis Allen because he's not the first head coach to have his authority undermined by a play caller on the field. But here's what I would say to Dennis Allen. Why would you open your mouth and say that you didn't call that play? Why would you do that in that situation? Like I, I You have to accept all responsibility for everything that happens on the field. To me, it's better to be thought of as a fool than to remove all doubt when you open your mouth. And that's exactly what Dennis Allen did in yesterday's game. And if I'm the owner of the Saints right now, I got to be looking at my head coach with a little bit of a side eye because that shows me how much the players respect him. And Dennis Allen was in a precarious position there because you could tell that as far as his peer and another coach, he wanted to make sure to let him know, I wouldn't have done this to you. This was not my intent to kind of break these rules when we were in victory formation because it's unsportsmanlike. Shout out to our show. But you, by doing that, you did therefore reveal that the players on the field decided to go against your authority. And I thought that was a really interesting position to be in because either you admit that, that they completely disregarded your command and what you had to say and did their own thing on the field, or you have another coach mad at you because he thinks that you did something shady. I think two coaches got themselves fired yesterday. One actually got fired in Arthur Smith. Yes. I think what Dennis Allen, what happened to him, I think it's a really interesting point you brought up about why say that. Because in theory, your post-game presser could simply be, guys, i got to watch the tape. i got to talk to the players. I don't know. we got to look into this. And then by the next day, people are forgetting about this because yeah. we have the national championship. We have the playoffs. He leaned into making it actually worse. Yeah. And then Jameis is just, I mean... Jameis is still Jameis, yes. right? Just when you thought maybe Jameis was humbled, maybe Jameis like, ah, you know what? I'm a backup. He is still Jameis. If you want to learn one thing about week 18 in the NFL, Jameis Winston, still Jameis Winston. The other thing, <laughs> Jamal Williams, we want to get him a touchdown? Great guy. Everybody says he's a great guy. This guy had 17 touchdowns last year. It's not like this is somebody that's never scored a touchdown in the NFL. He had none this year. Big deal. Who cares? No, it's a big deal. Think about really? what the running back market was last year, and then think about the I situation guess. moving forward. Like, you want to make sure you look out for your guy, and it's a symbolic thing more so than anything else, right? This is a guy that busts his tail every day, has the respect of everybody in that locker room, and seemingly everybody in the organization. They want to take care of their guy. I completely understand it. And to Jameis Winston's point and what he said, that was an interception that got them down there to the one-yard line. What happens if the guy houses it and makes it a pick six? Right. Is it more disrespectful? No. So, I mean, this. they a- did it out of victory fa- formation, basically a fake knee. Okay, but here, here's what I'll say to that. It, you're an NFL team. If you don't like a team running it up on you, then stop them. Agreed. This isn't college. This isn't high school. These are professionals. Everybody out there is cashing a paycheck. It's direct deposit. So, I, I, I just, there's a part of me that just doesn't feel bad that the Saints hung 48 on the Falcons. I get that you're upset, and there's probably some frustration on Arthur Smith's behalf because he knows what's on the heel of that because that is the most points that uh, a Falcons team has allowed the Saints to score in franchise history. So for Arthur Blank to be put in that situation and that be the lasting impression for your head coach, Arthur Smith damn well knows he's going to get fired. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's some of that in that interaction with the head coach handshake at the end. But I don't think Arthur Smith or any NFL head coach is in position to to argue with another head coach because he doesn't like 
what the final scoreboard says. Who provided us with the worst look yesterday? The worst look. Is it Arthur Smith? Is it Dennis Allen? Is it Jameis Winston? You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dots or Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. You guys can jump in on that. Who looked the worst yesterday? Was it one of the two, well, one now former head coaches, or was it Jameis Winston calling his own play in that spot to get Jamal Williams the touchdown? Up 41-17 in that game. Coming up, we'll get your phone calls in on the Dr. Pepper call online. Plus, the playoffs are set. Should people be worried in Miami? We'll get to that coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Are they all the way back in Buffalo? Maybe, possibly, we are unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Well, yeah, the Bills not only get in, guys, they are the two seed, and what we were afraid of was Sunday Night Football not being an elimination game, not potentially having the juice happened because of the Jacksonville Jaguars collapse, which we will get to. Amazing win by the Texans, setting up Jaguars collapse, which means, and the Steelers winning, which meant last night the Bills had clinched prior to even getting to the stadium for the game last night. But a great win by Buffalo. Josh Allen, turnover prone early. What a surprise. Two picks in the end zone, man. How do you do that, including one in the red zone? And a fumble later. How how do you do that? I think we've seen it. Uh, I (laughs) mean, what what did the guy finish with? 22 turnovers in 18 games? A career high in the regular season? 22 turnovers? Here's Okay, so let's go here before we go to the, the Dolphins part of this and the playoff matchups because Buffalo is going to face Pittsburgh and Miami is going to go into Kansas City next week. Mm. The lovers of Josh Allen, which none of us are saying he's our favorite quarterback in the league, will tell you, okay, fine, he has all these interceptions, but he has more touchdowns than anyone else. 
my opinion, outside looking in, is at some point this catches up to you in a big way. Yeah. But, but they did finish with the two seed somehow. I can't believe it. <laughs> I, I actually can't believe. I mean, if you went into this game and you gave Josh Allen stat line and you said that the Bills had three uh, red zone drives that would end without points, you would absolutely say that they lost the game. But somehow they find a way. It's remarkable to me that the Bills are the two seed. Yeah, but I think that's the the impact that Daquan Jones, their defensive tackle, makes. This guy is finally back healthy on that team, pairing him with Ed Oliver, seemingly as stabilize the front seven of that defense and they're playing a lot better football and it showed in the second half because they had answers to what the Miami Dolphins were doing especially in the run game in the first half we're not overreacting to some of the motion some of the pre-snap window dressing that we see from Mike McDaniel's offense and so I think that aspect of it is what gives that offense and Josh Allen a little more leeway, a little more grace in terms of some of the mistakes that they make. Talk about that for a second because we always see Mike McDaniel having guys move around and we look at this and we're like, wow, that's really cool the way it looks aesthetically. We've heard this. You've brought this up. You're doing it again, CeCe, and emphasizing ignore it. Right? Just yeah. ignore Explain what that, from a defensive perspective, it looks really cool well, to us. Well, here, here's what it is designed to do. It's designed to give them an advantage right after the snap of the ball. So that one to two seconds right after the snap of the ball, when linebackers should be flowing a certain direction in one game, because they have the motions, because they have the ball handling from two in the backfield, those linebackers ignore some of the fundamental keys because they're paying attention to things that are moving in front of them. It's like a kid when you dangle something in front of them, how they always follow it, yeah. but they might not be paying attention to anything else that's going on. That's exactly what Mike McDaniel is doing with that offense. And so I think that defense is finding a way to settle down into games a little bit quicker. And that's why we're starting to see the turnovers from Josh Allen not nearly be as impactful because that defense is finding ways to get stops. And so I think their ability to be able to keep games within striking distance for that offense is what allows for the Buffalo Bills to be on this heater and to win as many games down the stretch as they have. So now the flip side of this obviously is Miami, who loses again. They're one. Oh. In, they were one and five this year against playoff teams. Their one win was against the Dallas Cowboys by two points in Miami. The Cowboys get a big win yesterday against Washington. Mm-hmm. And now, Smalls, nobody has read the Kansas City Chiefs better than you have all year, and we have the Tyreek Hill Bowl. Because of Miami losing, they then drop all the way down to the sixth seed. They're going on the road to Kansas City. You've been worried about Kansas City all year. Are you now ready to put that worry on Miami after what we've seen over the last few weeks? Oh, I'm absolutely putting that worry on Miami. They've been on fraud alert for a long time, guys. And I know that they were banged up yesterday, but you cannot. Did you get the notifications on your phone when an offense play? Like there's a fraud <laughs> happening right now. Yeah. There's a fraud happening. You better call right now. Call the NFL right now because there's a fraud charge. <laughs> Actually, that'd be a really funny thing to do. I love that. Scam likely. Yeah, scam likely. <laughs> yeah that is, they're the scam likely caller in the NFL. The Dolphins are. But you, even with you being banged up last night. By the way, you're a fraud. By the way, you're a fraud. Okay. Not sure what that was, but okay. What was that? It sounded like Pat. It's no. Nuno. That was Nuno? By the way, you're a fraud. By the way, you're a fraud. It's the fraud of I, I don't know who's what talking right now. right now. I, I don't know what is happening right now. Are you guys going to explain right this or what? It's a Nuno fraud alert. But, ha- like, but don't we thing? need to know yeah, that? Yeah, is this a thing? Like, I'm all for drops and sound effects, but if the three hosts don't know what it is, it's hard <laughs> to then explain it to the audience. Well, what? it's a Nuno fraud alert. The Nuno fraud alert? And know, that's it, it period? Yeah. No, no context You guys are just talking about the frauds for like three minutes, and we're talking about getting alerts about frauds. Okay. All right. But I, 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 I didn't I know. I can go with it. 
Okay, so the Nuno Fraud Alert. <laughs> the Nuno the, Fraud the, Alert. The Miami the Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. I've been on, on the Nuno Fraud Alert. And even with the injuries that Miami Dolphins have sustained, you cannot lose that game no. last night. Especially with Buffalo having the performance that they had where they didn't convert in the red zone. And Josh Allen did have those turnovers. If you're a team that we should be taking seriously, if you're a team that have all season long said, we hear what people are saying about us and the haters this, the haters that, you come out last night and you make a statement. And the Miami Dolphins did nothing to prove us wrong. Yeah, you can't let Deontay Hardy have the longest punt return in Buffalo Bills history. 96 yards. His feet are basically on the end line of his own end zone, and he houses it. That type of stuff can't happen in a game where the division is going to be decided in Week 18. But let's talk about that aspect of it, Smalls. Why are you even in that situation in the first place? Good point. If you go back to Week 12, the Buffalo Bills were 6-6. Six and six. They were 6-6. Six and six. The Miami Dolphins were three games ahead in the loss column against the Bills. Why, why is there a situation playing out where the division is even that close? See, that's the kind of stuff, Ev, that makes me look at Tua a little bit sideways, man. At some point, like, this guy is going to have to quarterback and find ways to win against good football teams. And the litmus test in the AFC East has been the Buffalo Bills. What have they won, four years in a row? At some point, that's got to stop. Right, they've taken advantage of post You're one in five against teams yeah. with winning records. I don't, I don't want to hear all of the two and on people, all the Miami Dolphins fans say, oh, two is our quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks. He led the league in completion percentage. He led the league in passing yards. Who gives a damn? You had a win and win the division scenario while keeping a division rival at bay and in the wild card picture in week 18. And you fumbled the bag. Why, why, why are we not looking at Tua and saying, you know what? Maybe this guy isn't good enough to get this team where they want to go. And here's the kicker. After this season, you're going to have to start paying him more. Whether it's the fifth-year option, whether you work out a long-term contract extension, he's going to start taking up significantly more against your salary cap, which means you're not going to have the glut of weapons around him. Right? You got Tyreek Hill, a $30 million receiver. You got Jalen Waddle, one of the fastest receivers in the NFL. He wants to get paid. Raheem Mostert, was he top two or three in total touchdowns this season in the NFL? Number he's one go- in Russian. He's going to want his bag. You got Devin H. You got so many guys on that offense, so many guys on that team that are going to be looking to get paid. What happens when you start losing pieces? Are you going to get a better version of Tua? Is Tua going to be able to stay healthy for a full regular season again? Like, these are so many questions. But beyond all of those other ones is the biggest one. When it matters the most against quality competition and another quarterback that's viewed as a good to great player, can Tua be the difference in that game in a positive way for your team? Every single time we've seen him in that scenario, he's come up short. Why would we think that's going to change anytime soon? Also, you're at home. It's not like they had to go into Buffalo and battle the elements. He was at home. And to me, that says something. Like, you want your quarterback and your team in that moment to say, with the division on the line, even though it doesn't look perfect, we're at home. We are not going to let the Bills come in here and take the division yet again. And they let him take it. Smalls, you know the part that was the telltale for me? At the end of the game, you got the ball a, a minute 20 left in the ball game in plus territory. You got a chance to go down and tie that game up, and your quarterback throws a pick. Terrible pick. Terrible awful, pick. awful pick. I had, I like, had it was weirdest, awful. I had the weirdest watching experience. Somehow I fell asleep early and then was up the entire game late. I don't. Awful decision by me. Should have gone the other way. <laughs> yeah. I just, right? You never have that. Like you fall asleep at eight o'clock and then you're up at eleven. Like oh, what am I the doing? Worst, the worst. Right. So that's the that is to me the number one thing. The Dolphins fans have every right to sit there and say, "Look at how many injuries that we have." And you're right. 
right? Both pass rushers, wide receiver, running back, mm-hmm. corner. But you had the lead at 7-0, 14-7. You're down 21-14 with first and 10 at your own 37-yard line with a minute 53 to go with a chance to tie the game. At that point, injuries are out the window because you have a chance to win it, and you blew it on an awful interception. Second and 10 at Buffalo's 40-yard line with a buck 17 to go. Two would throw a terrible pick into double cover. Taylor Rapp with it for Buffalo that sealed the he game. He tried to throw a pick the play before when he was I throwing know. it to Tyree. He tried to throw a pick the exact play before. He was not good. He kept trying to give him the ball. Eventually, they took advantage of it. And I am the biggest Josh Allen on-field hater. I have to own that. Let me give him credit. On that third down, that run was phenomenal late in the game. That was a great game. run. I don't, he, I don't know how he squeaked through there. He, well, I don't he, know how he squeaked through there. He's a beast. I mean, there's no other way yeah. around it. He's yeah. And I, I will take the hit. If they go on and win the Super Bowl, I'm going to look horrifically bad. And that's fine, but I gotta give him. I gotta give him the credit for last night. I gotta be fair on that because he got the job done. CC just like Granger does, of course, each and every time out. Yeah, Josh Allen leading the Buffalo Bills to five straight wins to end the season. He's one of the ones that get it done, just like Granger, who offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus. Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. The ball goes over on down. The Titans will take a knee a few times, and the Jags will be turned away here. I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. I'm mad. I'm angry. Today's game was sort of our season in a nutshell. I think we have the potential to be a great team. We didn't finish the year that way. Yes, Jacksonville, you should be mad. You should be angry. You collapse more than any other team in the NFL this year. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, presented by... Progressive Insurance for a job you love. Visit progressive.com slash careers. So the Jacksonville Jaguars are not in the playoffs at all in any capacity at all. Not in the playoffs. Hmm. A reminder that this team led by Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick in the draft, who 
dopes like me picked to win the MVP this year, <laughs> and somebody sitting to my left picked to lead them to an AFC championship game. Damn, Smalls. That was, that was your decision? That was your pick? <laughs> Don't look at me. Right? Don't look at me. I made, some, I made are, some bad calls, but that wasn't There are multiple people to my left, but to my direct left over here, um, the one who knows football from 11 years in the league, this team started 8-3 and three yep. in arguably the second worst division in the sport behind the NFC South. They started eight and three, and they ah, missed. Ah, ah, Why are you doing that, Smalls? Oh, oh wow. I just want to make sure that the bad take jar is visible today. Yes. You know what? So, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and open it up for you guys. Both of us. I'm sure I'm going to have to pay later in the show. So. Yes, we have a bad take jar for anybody just tuning in right now. Thank you for joining us here on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Here we go. Where if we have bad takes, quickly, we put money in there. Cece, if you need a dollar, here, I have an I'll extra single. Yeah. All right, I got, I, I got Cece today because both of us are all in on bad takes. Two dollars in. Thank in the, in the uh, jar here, Thank I picked Trevor you. Lawrence MVP. CC picked them to win the uh, to go to the AFC Championship game. We'll just leave it open. When <laughs> that prediction was made, I didn't think it was a bold prediction by either one of us. I got to be honest no. with you. No. And this turned out horribly. This is the biggest collapse of any team in the NFL, I'd argue, because we could talk about how bad the Eagles have been. The Eagles still get an opportunity to erase everything that's happened up until this point by going to the postseason. This team falling apart yesterday with the loss to the Titans and putting themselves in a position now where you got to question Doug Peterson and you have to question Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence, after that unbelievable comeback in the playoffs against the Chargers last year that Smalls references a lot, rightfully so, did not take the leap. 21 touchdowns, 21, and 14 <laughs> interceptions. Like, that's not good. And I understand he played through injury, guys, but he played. And I have to expect better than that, and we didn't get better than that from him. Yeah, I mean, you had the goal-to-go situation in the fourth quarter, and T-Law tries to reach the ball across the end line, but he's so far away, doesn't get it, ends up being a turnover on downs. But the one that sticks into my mind is when he tries to throw that deep ball to, to Calvin Ridley. It's right at the two-minute warning, and it's deep. And he comes up just a yard too far. Now, I thought Calvin Ridley should have laid out on that pass. But those were the two plays that I thought Jags needed to make in order to have a chance. Now, they got down early in this game. Not a surprise because I knew that Tennessee would play in a lot of emotion. Ryan Tannehill's last game, presumably. Derrick Henry's last game, presumably. You knew you were going to get the best punch from Mike Brable's bunch. But for your team to be in that scenario where you need that game to get in, is an indictment on this squad. After week 12, according to our ESPN analytics, they had a 98% chance of Ooh. getting into the playoffs. They were 8-3. and three. And, and, and in a division that a lot of people would say was the second weakest in the NFL behind the NFC South. The fact that you couldn't close the door on a division that featured a rookie quarterback, a backup quarterback, and in a team that was between quarterbacks in the Tennessee Titans – is an embarrassment, and it's an indictment on your head coach-quarterback combo. Now, I would say one of those two is easier to get rid of than the other one, and that would be Doug Peterson. But you got to be scratching your head about the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'm sure ownership is going to be asking some tough questions to Doug Peterson in the offseason moving forward. Would not at all be surprised to see him as a coach that's on the hot seat going into 2024. Which is something we never thought we'd be saying about Jacksonville. I, I absolutely did not think that we'd be talking about Doug Peterson potentially being on the hot seat, but... Yeah, the Texans were a surprise this season. Absolutely. C.J. Stroud and that, that squad had really exceeded expectations. But even despite that, 
if Jacksonville is who we expected them to be, the, the Texans shouldn't have even have been a factor. And all you had to do to lock up the division yesterday was beat a 5-11 and 11 team. And yes, they were playing with a lot of emotion because it was Ryan Tannehill's last game and Derrick Henry's final game, who has meant so much to that organization, as CC just mentioned. And it's a division game to end the season, so you know that they're going to get up for it because they don't have anything else to play for. That should not be an excuse. All you have to do is put away a 5 an 11 team to take home the division. You shouldn't have been in that position to begin with, but you should have been able to get get the job done and punch your ticket. So this year and this offseason in the coaching carousel, I believe is different than any year we've ever experienced in our lifetime. And I'll tell you why. If you believe you're a contender or you should have been a contender, right? Like CeCe and I both believe the Jaguars should have been contenders. Mm-hmm. If you have a coach that you're going to say going into this upcoming season should be on the hot seat if they don't perform – Put him on the hot seat now. And the reason I say that is if you have a shot at Belichick and you think you're a contender, I don't care who your coach is. Eagles fired Doug Peterson after winning a Super Bowl. He hasn't done that much in Jacksonville. If you think you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and you have a shot at Belichick and you want to say, you know what? If Doug Peterson goes 9-8 and eight next year and we win the division or barely sneak into the playoffs, we still may fire him. Then if you, you have to back channel it now, CeCe, and decide, can we get him now? Because you're only going to have one shot at him. You're not going to – only for the contenders. Yeah. I don't mean the rebuilding teams. The contenders. I mean – So what you're saying is don't be this year's version of the L.A. Chargers from yes. last offseason. We should learn the lesson. Yeah. Also, don't be that. that is a very intriguing landing spot for him that none of us have really considered. He's got the quarterback. It feels like a very winnable division despite the Texas success. they got pieces on defense. They've got pieces that he can work with. All, all of us just assumed that the Jaguars would be better. So when we were talking about potential landing spots for Belichick, that one never popped up, but that's intriguing. But here's why. So if you look at it and you say, all right, if Doug Peterson has a disappointing season next year in Jacksonville, what happens? Gets get fired, fired, right? Get fired. If Nick yeah. Sirianni has a disappointing season next year in Philadelphia. Fired. Sean McDermott, disappointing season next year in Buffalo. Probably. Yeah. So, I mean, he leave him out because it seems like they it's still so can make It's so weird, run. though, right? Because they're second I know, in the air. But it's why, crazy. Why, it's so weird. Why, if you're Jacksonville, are you not sitting there saying, if we are one year away from maybe firing Peterson, why would we not talk to Belichick if he's available now? I hate, I hate the back channel stuff, but it's life. I mean, why not? And Shad Khan will pay. But it is the third head coach for your quarterback in four seasons. Yep. That's a lot. That's a lot of turnover. I mean, I, I, not that T-Lock covered himself in glory, but let's be honest. I mean, they lost five of their last six, and the majority of those games he was dealing with injury, whether it was the ankle, the shoulder, the concussion. Like, there was a lot going on. And so he wasn't the best version of himself, but that's still not an excuse, though. That team has to be better. I mean, think about the first interception that T-Law threw yesterday. That wasn't on T-Law. That was on Evan Ingram. Don't double catch the ball. It doesn't pop up in the air and result in an interception to Terrell Edmonds. So those are the types of things, those are the types of plays that shouldn't happen for a team that should be more dialed in in a win-and-in scenario and a win and you win the division and host a home playoff game, knowing how important that is on the heels of what we saw last year in their game against the Chargers. So... Yeah, it's just all bad in Jacksonville, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't explore the idea of another head coach. What I am saying is I have a hard time seeing Bill Belichick in a Jaguars on the Jaguars sideline with a Jaguars hoodie with the sleeves cut off. I have a hard time seeing that, but that would be one of the better landing spots when we think about the potential vacancies 
around the National Football League this offseason. Yeah, and I, I have to be fair. If I'm going to have the same heat, uh, uh, go at Josh Allen for the multiple turnovers, Trevor Lawrence had way too many games with multiple turnovers. It's got to stop. Like, you're beyond the point at three or four years into the league of having these multiple turnover games. Now, we, we also mentioned Derrick Henry on the other side of this. I've never seen anything like this in my entire life watching football. CC, maybe you have. Smalls, maybe you have. But Derrick Henry post game took the microphone and thanked the crowd. Let's take a listen. Titan fans, I just want to say thank you for the greatest eight years of my life, the ups and the downs. Y'all been there for everything through the adversity. Watch me grow as a person and a player, always supporting me. Um, I love y'all. Uh, I love seeing the 22s in the stadium. Hopefully I was an inspiration to all the young kids and everybody in the community. Just thank y'all so much. Man, God is good. And tighten up, baby. Okay, well, he probably lost any leverage with, uh, well, the Titans are offering me $10 million a year. You need to offer me eleven. <laughs> I mean, I give him credit for having that, like, sentimental moment, but I've never seen a goodbye on the field after a game like that. I mean, it's respect to Derrick Henry, though, right? <laughs> and, I mean, having an opportunity to do it in person. Yeah. All of the people that have supported him all these years. And I think it's it's obvious what the Titans are about to go through. It's going to be a rebuild around a young quarterback and – and it's not going to be a team in an offense that's as Derrick Henry-centric because of where he is in his career, he's probably going to find himself on a contender going into 2024. So reading the tea leaves, knowing the writing is already on the wall, I think he just took advantage of an opportunity that was there. I thought that that was a really special moment, and I'm really glad that he did it. You know, leverage to the side. This is a guy who was the face of the franchise. And and even though they have a great coach and Mike Vrabel who is – the identity in a lot of ways. King Henry was the guy. He put this team on his back and carried them to a lot of success. And for him to know that this is the end is a very emotional thing. And when you are that guy for a team, you have a special bond with the community usually. And so for him to be able to take advantage of that moment and thank them, I thought it was really well done. Well, the playoffs are set. A coach has been fired in Arthur Smith in Atlanta. Coming up, we go upon further review. Next, it's Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. He still reeks of bacon, wrapped with bacon, with a side of bacon, after a long NFL Sunday. I love bacon, but I never actually say it. Bacon just knows. But man, does he have some thoughts. And bacon, this is Upon Further Review with Chris Ganty. 
He'll have some further thoughts with Bacon tonight, maybe. Who will raise the trophy? Find out tonight. The College Football National Championship Playoff, of course, presented by AT&T. Coverage begins 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, CC. Upon further review with the NFL final week of the NFL regular season from yesterday. All right, Javante, let's kick this thing off. Broncos at Raiders. Mark Davis, owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, don't complicate things. Hire Antonio Pierce as your full-time head coach. Let's go ahead and remove the interim tag. Go ahead and make him the head coach. I mean, he has been great in, in, in interim head coach duties. He finished with a 5-4 and four record. That's two and a half games better than Mike, uh, Josh McDaniel's record when he was fired this season. He beat a team that didn't have a losing record in the Denver Broncos in Week 18. They finished second in the AFC West with a rookie quarterback. And beyond all of those things, Smalls, when you hear the post-game reaction from Antonio Pierce, talking about guys soaking that in, you know, giving the Raiders chant and saying how much it means to end the game in victory formation and, and, and vowing that it will be a continuation of what they started building this year in 2024. It's everything that you want your head coach to be, especially with a proud, a once proud franchise like Vegas. I, I just, it feels like a situation now where the Raiders have got their guy, the perfect embodiment of what it means to be a Raider. That is Antonio Pierce. Again, Mark Davis, don't complicate this thing. If he doesn't hire him, people are going to go absolutely ballistic. They're yeah. going to go nuts if he doesn't give this guy the job. And on top of everything you just said, some franchises just have an identic- identity historically. And not only does he honor that, and he fits that mold. Like no He doubt. is going to return the Raiders to the way that we feel like the Raiders should feel. Yeah. And that's a really important aspect of all I of love this. the fact that they smoke cigars in the locker it's room awesome. after they win a game. I, lo- I love it's that. Awesome. And the players love it. Like, I mean, listen, we have Max Crosby, Devontae Adams. Are there any more important Raiders than those two guys? Both of those dudes have come out in support of Antonio Pierce. I, I know how you feel about player support, Ev, and how they floundered earlier in the season. But there's no denying how this team responds to AP. And if you're ownership, that's what you're looking for when you're trying to establish a culture. So instead of making a statement on it, I want to ask a question to you. If you had to blindly right now for next season bet the over or under for the Raiders, what would you do? Over. Okay. And I don't even know who their quarterback's going to well, be. That's, that's I don't thing. even know who their quarterback's going to be. And the, and the bump, the interim coach bump wears off at yeah. some point. But you were 5-4 and four with Aiden O'Connell as your starting quarterback. Yeah. Presumably you're going to upgrade that position. So, I mean, I just, I don't know. I look at the situation and I'm bullish on the future of the Las Vegas Raiders, even if they're in a crowded AFC. Next. Bears and Packers. Jordan Love. Love him. The best quarterback in the NFC in the second half of the season. Let me say that again. Jordan Love, the best quarterback in the NFC in the second half of the season. Since week 11. Jordan Love has the highest QBR and the best touchdown-to-interception ratio of anyone in football. The best QBR and the best touchdown-to-interception ratio in football. I'm saying these things twice to emphasize them because we don't look at Jordan Love that way. And maybe that's because of how he started out in the first part of this season, a little bit uneven, but we all knew it would be because this is his first time as a full-time starter and he's replacing a leverage. But since week 11, this dude has 18 touchdown passes to only one interception. And in a winning in game at home, week 18 against a division rival, he was able to do what Aaron Rodgers couldn't last year, which is win the damn game and get this team into the playoffs. I- I'm so impressed with the poise that Jordan Love has been able to show 
and he is the catalyst for everything going on around Green Bay right now. And I tell you this, this is a dangerous first round opponent for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Beyond this juicy. Is, this is a I'm just telling it's you juicy. this now, this is a dangerous opponent. I know how great the Cowboys are at home. I'm not denying that. I think the Cowboys are in great shape going into this postseason. But don't gloss over the Green Bay Packers. Don't overlook them because this is a team that's playing really good football, and this is a quarterback that has been as good as anybody, including Dak Prescott, in the NFC in the second half of this season. You just gave the smart analytical numbers. I'll give you the I'm a football fan watching the game. He throws a prettier ball right now than anybody else. He throws passes that you're like, you got to be kidding me. You're able to throw that pass and complete it. And dare I say this, I believe the question that I'm about to ask can now be asked. When it's all said and done, will he have more team success in Green Bay than Rodgers did? Rodgers won one. This guy's on the youngest team in the league. And they're going to grow together. And he's got a lot of weapons. He's got a I'm lot of weapons. I'm not suggesting he is a better player than Aaron. Well, he is a better player right now than Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he is, yeah. I'm not suggesting his individual career will be better than Aaron Rodgers. I'm asking the question, when it's all said and done, could Jordan Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers... Jordan Rodgers? Jordan no, the well, Bachelor. Yeah, well, and, <laughs> and our teammates, <laughs> Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers have more team success than Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers did. There's the potential for it to happen, That's which is remarkable. Exactly, which is absolutely remarkable. And I love that when the Packers lost four straight and they fell to two and five, and everybody was writing them off. This guy showed resilience. He showed patience. He was able to overcome that. That shows me something. Well, I'm, just sitting, I'm just sitting here game. thinking about this. They've had, what, 30 years, over 30 years? It's disgusting. Of Hall of Fame quarterback play? And I'm not saying Jordan Love is a Hall of Famer, but he's going to be a good one. He could be, though. He, he, could, <laughs> he be, could be. But he could be. That's what, guys, that is wild to me. Guys, that it is, is wild to it me. It is factual in an opinion-based thing. It is factual. Brian Gutekunst, the general manager of the Packers, got it right. When he drafted Jordan Love, he got two MVP seasons from Rodgers after that, if I'm not mistaken, and he got this guy as the quarterback right now. He got it so right and was ripped apart. He nailed this situation. You think Rodgers is going to watch McCarthy versus the Packers on, oh, duh, uh, of uh, on this weekend Come coming on. up? Yeah, he is. He doesn't avoid it altogether. The fact, the fact that he doesn't have a choice. <laughs> well, he doesn't have to watch football if he doesn't want to. Just well, throwing well, that out I mean, there. He, he, he can't play football right now. His, right. his team is out of the playoffs. So just, he can is, watch is, his old can, team against his old coach. He can, he can watch. That's about all he can do. All right, let's keep it pushing, Javante. Texans head coach. D'Amico Ryans is the coach of the year. And I said that we would have this possibility last week when I floated the, po- the idea that if this Texans team finds themselves on the winning side of that game on Saturday, on the road against the Indianapolis Colts, that D'Amico Ryans will be coach of the year. It's the first rookie head coach quarterback tandem to win the division since Chuck Pagano and Andrew Luck did it in 2012. I can't say how much I'm impressed about what D'Amico Ryans has done this year and the context around it all matters. Knowing what the Texans were the previous three years, whether it was with Dave Culley or Lovey Smith, having one-and-done coaches in back-to-back seasons, having Deshaun Watson with the, the two dozen sexual misconduct cases around him being forced to trade him because the guy wants out. You have the dysfunction of ownership and all of the things that ownership has said. You can't let the inmates run the prison. All of this stuff around. You had a team chaplain running the organization in Jack Easterby. All of that stuff has been washed away with how good D'Amico Ryans has been. Stepping into those circumstances, 
and creating an air of stability that allows you to maximize the talent of C.J. Stroud and all of the other young players that you have on this roster, it's more than impressive. And then the fact that you were able to get it done without Tank Dell, without so many weapons on the offensive side of the ball, Nico Collins going nuclear in that game, I, I, get, I just can't. You had it in less than ideal circumstances, and you were able to win and get in the playoffs. We're Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.